the ground. That's the worst. Fuck you. Oh, you're the worst. You know what? You know what was the worst? At, well, how you doing, Jared? Yeah, I'm a good, Chris. I'm a good, Chris. I'm a good. You getting ready for? I'm getting ready. We're gonna go to a little Italy, and I'm gonna talk like a Borat. Yeah, that's what I'm gonna do. We're gonna go to little Italy, and I'm gonna talk to everyone like Borat. Yeah. If you just keep doing just, that hand, I'll motion. do anything for content. Podcast. We're taking the uh, the stun gun, yeah. field recorder. Yeah, let's get. And that's how we won't get mugged either, because we're just like. <laughs> I'll, I'll do this. You sound make the sound. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, let me try it. Okay, well, what? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, feel that burn. <laughs> I'm just right up in his ear. <laughs> oh, somebody I found like the effects. <laughs> somebody found the effects button today. Jared, I'm a ner- I'm, okay. We're going to New York City. I'm so yeah. stoked. I'm a little bit nervous that if we do get mugged, yeah. I, I you're I think you're more flexible than I am, but I think I'm quicker. <laughs> and we're gonna have to, dude, we're gonna have to break out fucking Delta Eight. I'm all uh, dude, I've been practicting. Man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's funny you say that. <laughs> all right. I'm not worried. Yeah, cool. Break it. He's my spirit, man. Bring it bring it. Bring we got it the up. stun gun. We got Delta Eight. We're Delta Six. Oh god, it, New York is no place for Delta Eight. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's <laughs> people will throw money at oh us for God. performance art. <laughs> they're, like, they're pretty good. Where that guy pretended to go down on the other guy. Yeah. Are we going to stand out in front of the Today Show? Oh, it's going to be the weekend. Yeah, they're not recording. Oh, shit. Dude, we're TRL? Gonna, I think TRL. We okay. might get in front of the TRL. We'll be there. Is Carson still there? I hope so. <laughs> My sign will be, where's Carson? I have a feeling that he is a, a lot of fun to hang out with. Well, why wouldn't he be, though? Yeah. The guy's got it made. He probably can go to the grocery store and not even get bugged. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're probably right. <laughs> um, so we're going to New York this Thursday. Yeah. We're going to sleep on the plane. That's the plan. That's always my plan. Yeah. That's the way to do it. Um, listen, I don't know what seats we have, but you can have the window. Really? Yeah. All right. Yeah. I'll close it, though. I don't like looking out the window. Yeah, okay. Do yeah. you like? Do you like to see? It's going to be night. You can't see shit. Yeah, we're not going to see shit. Oh, plus, but I like takeoff and landing. We pulled it. Well, if you want to, we could switch these two because I did we, the. I did the uh, <laughs> Dude, please say we could switch while we're in midair. Oh, fuck yeah. Yeah, yeah let's do a little seat switch. Yeah. Oh, we're on the we plane. can do it. Um, I got us like the poor man's first class when you're selecting the seats. I got like uh, a row with nobody in between us. Dude. Yeah, but they might fill that shit, dude. Yeah, they won't. How do you know? Because no, the, when they start walking down the aisle. And they're looking at all the people they can sit by and who they sit in between. Yeah, yeah. They're going to see us. <laughs> and they're going to keep walking. I'm just saying. Dude, they don't have an option. They're not, they're not, I, I love the logic here, but they're not like pulling audibles while the plane's loading. No, oh, it's like whatever, JetBlue or some shit. I think it's like, uh, there might be chickens on this it flight. Is, it's good. It's a little bit, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it might be chickens. Dude. I'm I'm excited, but I'm, I I got five on it that someone's going to sit between us. Well, they're going to have a good time <laughs> between uh, two <laughs> drooling, snoring. Uh, yeah, that's yeah, good for them. But, but do you want? We'll interview mean, them for the show. As far as space and and relaxing and stuff, I know you, you're a little bit anxious about flying, and I I don't like the ramifications be. of if a plane goes down either. Right. But if you if you if you like that window seat. If you're comfortable on that window seat, that's all you. That's nice because uh, especially if you're going to be sleeping, I'll just lay my head right on the yeah 
I like to fall asleep to the hum of the. I was the thinking ship. we would be next to you. I'd be in the middle seat, and I was going to lay my head on you. Okay. Because I know it's not going to make any difference to anybody. <laughs> we can always switch with Mr. Middle if he shows up, <laughs> yeah, or he'll want to. He's not. They're not going to sit by us very long if that. If there's a, even one open seat on that plane. Okay. Here's the here's the game. We sit down. All of a sudden, they sit somebody in the middle. And uh, and if we know there's some other extra seat somewhere else, but maybe they got to sit in the middle somewhere else, whatever, yeah. we just start incessantly talking to that person. We left and right ear oh, that yeah. motherfucker for sure, constantly with like until they get up. Really uncomfortable shit. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You what kind of religion are you? <laughs> what kind of porn do you look at? <laughs> what size shoes you wear, man? Yeah, those are legit. That's they, your real hair. They look bigger than nines. They look. How do you do that? How do you make the, how do you make them seem bigger than nines? Well, you buy your underwear. <laughs> They'll be moving. I, by the way, I would answer all those questions. <laughs> you you know what was uncomfortable for me today? Uh. Segway. I um I got on the segway. Almost broke my broke my ankle. I went to the orthopedic surgeon. Oh yeah. No, the oral surgeon. Oh, I thought you. Were, I was trying to. We're gonna go back in time, man. <laughs> I had the surgery. Take yeah, ten yeah. years off. Yeah, I broke my femur. I'm surprised you didn't notice. Yeah. Uh. After I got my teeth, my one of my tooth pulled, and two <laughs> implants put in, yeah, I had to get a checkup. You and finally, the posts in there for a yeah, bit. I got, yeah, I got the posts. I still got the posts. Posts are doing great. My body accepted them. <laughs> we're we're one. We're ready to pile on some teeth. The next phase and like compression, stress, fucking lateral grinding, whatever it is. I'm gonna get two fresh boys. And we're going to go to town. I'm very excited about that. <laughs> and then you'll be able to say fresh boys after that. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's, here's something that guy fucking <laughs> ancillary benefit. Um, so what's been happening over the last like four or five months is I'm noticing what I thought is a bone spur growing out of where the tooth was pulled. Because when you when that happens, when you pull a tooth, Every now and then, you might send something out left or right, you know, oh, okay. just as the bone grows back. All right. Well, what's happening is the socket tends to widen and then fill in. Uh-huh. This is what I learned from my rad oral surgeon, <laughs> Dr. Leonard. Dr. Leonard. Dude, she's rad. She's from Russia. She's got a yeah. great accent. And it's Dr. just like, Lenny. I, she's in it. She, <laughs> I like her. All right. Um, and so she's explaining this to me while I asked a question after she hit me with three shots of Novocaine needle mm-hmm. on the inside in that raw area where the bone has been exposed and feels like it's been growing in towards my tongue in a sharp manner. Well, she said it's the ridge, right? Uh, uh-huh. And it's not getting proper blood flow because of the way the socket moves. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and so it's exposed. It basically skins pulled back over that. And I just have exposed bone jawbone. Jawbone, dude. Jawbone sticking out. <laughs> right? Ooh. I got a rip in my couch. <laughs> so, so, um, she you were worried about dry socket. Now you got the fucking jawbone coming out. Jawbone coming out. I'm like, I'm like a lame Wolverine. <laughs> like, I got implants that don't do shit except for take pressure. Um, so anyway, she takes a rasp and fucking starts oh, rasping down the inside of my jawbone. You <laughs> buried the lead on that one. <laughs> She just, she, dude, yeah, she didn't get like a Dremel and just manhandling my fucking jaw wow. and just like doing hard pulls while she's pulling against one side. I don't think she rasps that much. I rasp a lot. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, 
you mind if I get a go? <laughs> she had me reach in there a couple times with my finger to be like, how's that? Am I getting there? And I'm like, uh, I'm explaining like, oh, well, on the underside of the ridge, I'm still feeling. She's like, yep, yeah, yeah. Trying to fucking go back into it. Like, I wow. <laughs> had a good communication there. Yeah. And then she says, well, your next play is just to let that heal and um, and then see where we're at. And in six weeks, if it's not better, I'll go in there, cut some of the gum and go in with a drill. <sighs> fucking, you know, when you use like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, man, you know, you down. made it, Chris, when you're getting plastic surgery in your mouth, in my mouth, that's that's ball. I want the inside to look good. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Work on yourself, man. You gotta, I got to work on myself while I look at myself. How much drugs did she give you? Zip. She's God rude. damn. You could tell she's just Dr. like. Dr. Leonard is not as cool as you said. No, nah, no. Nah, she is cool in that in that Russian way where she's like. <laughs> so she, she's a tiny lady. Okay. Bleach blonde hair. All right. Um, but she keeps it tight. Okay. Uh, you know, as far as no roots showing or whatever. She's, she's put together. I fucking was sitting in the. Um, <laughs> in the hallway trying to get care credit to work this is six months ago when i first went in for my implants yeah. and had to miss the appointment because i couldn't get that all in line yet um so i was the first appointment for it she walks in at about like nine thirty in the morning leather pants <laughs> fucking like a hockey bag she's, she's carrying like a hockey bag like she just finished doing some shit and which i think was probably like you know i don't know what kind of ruth Bader Ginsburg workout session she had going. <laughs> She's an older lady. That muscle head? Dude. <laughs> that lady keeps in shape. Wow. I, I like the I like the cut of this lady's jib. Yeah. Um, so anyway, she uh she was going, she's pulling that elbow, she's fucking doing mm. the rip cords, trying to start a lawnmower mm. on my jaw. And she's like, That's that's gonna be that's gonna bother you for a little bit. <laughs> wow. Just deal with it. Yeah. Yeah, 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 straight up. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, but it's not going to get in the way of eating in fucking New York. I got a All few right. days to heal that shit. Just jam a piece of fucking pepperoni back there. That's the way to do it. A a pepperoni. pepperoni. The pepperoni, <laughs> my wife. Uh, yeah. yeah, man. How soon till we get our ass kicked after we get off the plane? We'll be all right. We're gonna be. <laughs> that's that's the best part. We're gonna be all right. We'll oh, see some comedy. Yeah, we are. And. Uh, we got reservations for the twelve fifteen a.m. show at the Comedy Underground. Oh, I have a lot of reservations. Yeah, uh, we're going anyway. All right, <laughs> nice one. <laughs> oh, Chris, yeah. What do you want to talk about? Should we talk about this record? I suppose. Yeah. As we continue on with the great second albums of all time. I, I, yeah, I just I said it. it. All yeah. time, according to. Two jerks in a garage and oh, nice Des Moines. What I'm what I'm finding out is any any jackass can make a list about what the best hundred <laughs> albums are. Which, so when I look down to see who was the best albums, you know, you check Billboard top charts, but sometimes your link goes left, it goes right. It's like a bone in a jaw. You know, sometimes <laughs> it just takes a turn. And fucking uh, so, I've I've got some list calls where these guys sit, but I don't know if any of them are vetted. We're not vetted. It doesn't matter. <laughs> I think we were talking about them possibly being in the running for greatest power trio. Jared, don't step on the lead. Nice work. We're talking about the police. We're talking about their second album, Regatta de Blanc. Yeah. Do you, oh, do you really, pronounce you, the C? You hang off that C. I like that. That's very French. I think it's. I you. think they're trying to be a little French. They're this. being a little cheeky is what they are. 
Aren't you little cheeky boys? I think so. Please, <laughs> 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 aka the cheeky boys. Yep. <laughs> Is this the best trio that in was, history? That was Sting, Skiffle Band, and <laughs> Junior High. <laughs> Oh, I just yeah. had, oh, I got wild tonight. Is in my right ear. You <laughs> <laughs> just did ear jab at your fucking laugh is hard. Uh, I laughed myself into it. Like, all I can hear is it's like a grenade just went off in a movie right now. Okay. Uh, all right, pour yourself Cheeky together. boys. We got this. We got this. Hey, what about them? Well, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know when they formed, but before 1979, because that's when this came out. Now, yeah. it, was, it was recorded in 1978. Sure. Came out October 1979. Excuse me. I'm sorry about that. Edit. Ready? One, two, three. It got recorded in 1978, but 1979 is when it came out. October of 1979. That's right. Um, there's a lot of hits. There's a lot of there's Kinda. a lot of good music going on around this time. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. In general. Now I don't know if anybody listening is going to necessarily re- recognize lots of it. I mean, we'll, I mean, there's some old. This would have been super shit. young, dude. I'm five years old when this came out. Okay. Yeah. And let me tell you something. Wait, 74, 75, 75. Yep, five years old. You're old enough to take in the world, but... Yeah, yeah, but not... I mean, obviously, I'm not picking music at this point. No. But on a personal note, when I was four years old, I remember telling people I was five because <laughs> I was sure five was going to be the fucking... That was going to be the age. Yeah. And when I turned five, it was everything I thought it was going to be. <laughs> it was an awesome fucking year, and uh, and I was right. So I kind of feel like I got two fives. I'm five years old, and Regatta de Blanc <laughs> comes out. Regatta de Blanc. I mean, <laughs> yeah, it's a fucking good album. Let's get into it. Yeah. Unless you got something um, to throw on top well, of it. Well, I'll throw down the particulars. But you, you already did. But Nigel Gray is the producer who actually did their first three albums. You know what? Jared, I don't want. To, sorry to cut you off, but I don't want to run into this. Um, let's hit some music, and then let's talk about Nigel. Nigel. Let's talk. Let, let, Who's I think, making plans? I think, I think just like Sting approaches maybe his lovemaking. Let's Ooh. just let's just stroll into this four-hour tantric podcast right here. Start your breathing now. Right away, just Stone Cold Classic coming out the gates. They didn't know it was a classic yet, but they were just, they were just dropping some, some shit. Kind of a strange song if you think about writing it. It's got a weird little riff that I can tell you is, uh, without serious finger yoga, I, I'm not capable of playing it. The reach on that little lick right there is... You're talking about Andy? Yeah, the, the guitar lick there is very impossible for me. Yeah, I tried a couple times, hurt myself a couple times. Uh, it's like it's rough. Off. You can tune down and cheat, but if you want to play it like Andy, you got to have wide, big reach. You gotta be, I can't palm a basketball, so I don't think we're surprising anybody to say that uh, Andy is an amazing guitarist. Dude. He's been touted as an amazing guitarist, and other than the other two members of this band, one of the reasons that they couldn't just be a punk band entirely too fucking good. Yeah. He was a little bit older than the other two, and his contemporaries were like, he would kick it with like Jeff Beck and Eric Clapton and those guys. Like, yeah. He's old school, old school. Yeah. Coming up with these guys when punk is coming out. Yeah. And they're going to do this. 
You know, I, I, Motley Crue has that. Uh, Jane's Addiction has that. Not necessarily with guitars, but with an the older one older person. guy. Yeah, the one older guy. Yeah, that's a tough move for that older guy too to be like, yeah, "All right, one more band." <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, it, it. I'll tell you what. It crosses my mind from time to time. Never necessarily as a fucking possibility, but like, huh? I wonder if I could rev that engine up again. Get some Dude. guys in their thirties together. Yeah, let's <laughs> do it. You guys want to play some rock and roll? Some really serious rock and roll. Be that guy. It's a young band, man. I went yeah, and saw Eric Burden and the that. Animals, and I tell you, the Animals didn't look a day over thirty-five, so they've been taking <laughs> care of themselves. Now, what's he talking about here? What's Sting talking about? What you story know, is he weaving that that craftsman? He felt all alone, but then. He realized he wasn't alone in being alone. That's pretty heavy, dude. Yeah. I'll tell you what. When this song came around to to me, it found it found me. You know, it's like a good book, which is, I don't think is um, ironic or too off target for how Sting approaches. No, so look at that poster. He's reading a book. He's posing, reading a book in a poster. What a synchronicity up there. You see a lot of their faces, dude. You see a lot of uh, they're pretty photogenic. All, all of all of the police. Yeah. <laughs> But, you know, he had to, this had a good turn. Now, I listened to them. Where were you when? Obviously, I'm five years old, killing it at this point. I didn't have time for the police. Um, I'm I'm hanging out solidly with Brett. It's been going on for, you know, let's see, uh, second and third grade. We're probably uh, maybe 14. And okay. I think I think Sting had gone, just, like, just gone solo. And I uh. remember Brett... Being into like right on um, early Sting solo, Brett had Brett has uh, an appreciation for music. He would be fucking great to be on here. Um, cross our fingers for that one day. And um, so that's like '86 then or something. Yeah, right? and that's when I got like their their the best of with the remasters. Yeah, and yeah, stuff. and the weird version of "Don't Stand So Close to Me." Yeah, I yeah exactly. <laughs> I never uh, I never had anything by the Police when it came out. Um, so it's all retro. It's all yeah. me thinking about these guys. Retro, they've already done their thing and are fucking done with doing their thing by the time I'm really getting into them. Mm-hmm. There you go. Where are you at? <laughs> I think probably the Synchronicity album. No. No. Wait a minute. Ghost in the Machine was before or after Synchronicity? I think before, but I don't know. Okay, I'm, so I'm somewhere little... in there. Some, whenever yeah. that wrapped around your finger video was on MTV. Oh, yeah. Knocking then, uh, the candles down. Yeah, getting that wax everywhere. That's that's the uh, that's how fight. I remember meeting the police was yeah. that video. And I was like, wow, these, these little cheeky boys are pretty cool. They're Dude, they're, what, they're height of their power in like 83, 84. Yeah. Monsters. Just like that. You know, too much. Yeah. Another thing that happens to the great... Uh, Power trios of the world. Yeah. It, cream. Right? And shortly after, they're just giant. They're worldwide giant. Do you think it's a factor of like, well, I've got enough money to live forever at whatever means I want. So um, we're done here, right, guys? <laughs> you, you, I think you're assholes. You think uh, I'm an asshole? Hey, we so, don't have to hang out anymore, right? Right? No, we're good. <laughs> right, we done see, earning? I'll see you in like 25 years <laughs> when we're getting a little low on cash. And we got to do that reunion tour. Uh, other than that, go fuck yourself. And uh, peace. I want to hear stories from Andy about uh, watching Sting and Stewart go at it. Because I don't know where his place was in that. Right in the middle. He's got a documentary he made. 
because he uh, go on yeah and he was uh taking super eight all the time and photos <laughs> and shit and uh it's pretty nice and i think there's some sting and uh stew yeah bitching at each other footage sting is the kind of person i feel that as he's cutting you down he's smiling you know, like, he's cold as ice. Yeah, he's got these things cold, cold man. <laughs> and he's got some breakup songs in there. Uh huh. Some cold <laughs> ones. Murder by numbers. Like, oh, one, two, oh, three. Man. That's not this album, though. Like, that's, <laughs> no. Yeah, he's cold. Every breath you take, mm-hmm. people dancing at a prom and shit. Like, that's not about some stalker ass yeah. hiding in the bushes. Right. Got your cell There's no cell phones. Where about that? You got your. I don't know, you're drawing a sketch. No, you're just looking at <laughs> Dude, you're doing a charcoal <laughs> sketch. Like a uh, courtroom sketch. <laughs> uh, excuse me, Mr. Sumner. Are these your drawings? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I looked at a boob. <laughs> I draw a picture of a bra. Is that close to saying I'm working on this thing? <laughs> that was pretty good. That just shows you how rough it was in post-war England. <laughs> Rations and shit. And drawing. Cold drawings. <laughs> You're trying to bounce on a tree limb, get a good <laughs> gesture in. You, uh, I can't draw all the titty. I can't draw all the titty. <laughs> you got anything else you want to say about that opening track? Because, I mean, that's pretty fierce. That's that that's a lick that will... Uh, Echo through time. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, and you know what? I uh, Listening to their first album, I really like the opening track on that. I'm, I'm forgetting it right now, but they, it's a nice hit. Boom. This one... Is that a King of Next to You? Or All I Want Is to Get Next yes, to You? Is that yes. That, yeah. Thank you. That, is, that damn near is punk rock, but like it just they are a little too good, but it's got that energy. Yeah, That, that song kicks ace. It really does. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so uh, this one is uh, emblematic of what we're going to have on this album, which is a little bit better production. Yeah, notch it up a bit. Yeah. Everybody's up their game. Yeah, and obviously... Nigel. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) Not yet, Jared. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not ready to talk about Nigel yet. Um, And obviously that song is just lasted through time, like a message in a bottle. Never cracked the top 40 in the U.S., though. I'll have you know. Yep. No, no singles off this album cracked the top forty in the U.S. But uh, uh, there's a good four singles off this album. Yeah, uh, the album got to twenty five on the chart, but singles didn't do much. Huh? They weren't they weren't poli- they weren't the police yet. No, not They're America. Still sleeping over here. Europe was loving them. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And uh, you know what? As far as Stewart's brother uh, being their manager, he started booking them. Miles, the, the only yeah. British name. Oh no, the only name slightly less British than Nigel. <laughs> yeah, yeah, is Miles. <laughs> and Miles started booking them in like Rio and Egypt and shit, like a little off the beaten path kind of places. Yeah. You know, started that grassroots concert following in places that were starved for music, I guess, <laughs> but just couldn't deny that these guys were rad. They sound great. One of the best power trios <laughs> of all time. For sure. Do you think these guys are better than uh, Jim Hendrix Band, the experience? Man. Be a tough fight. Be a tough fight. I think they but are. I'm willing to consider it. I think overall. Body of work is bigger. Sure. Consistency. Yeah. You know, he, there's something for that. Singing and playing the bass. <laughs> Level of difficulty. They're going to have to go on to the semifinals against Rush. 
and Sting doesn't feel like he falls out of the pocket when he starts singing. He's not. Oh, it no, he feel, does crazy jazz he, bullshit. Yeah, and he can. I mean, he can ride a note, but he doesn't back off. He does what's necessary for the song. He got proper internal dimensionals. <laughs> what was that? <laughs> Sting got a proper internal dimensionals. Listen to these. Listen to these overdubbed hi hats. You know that Stuart Copeland overdubs his hi hats. Yeah, because you have to listen to that. Yeah, you got to. It's, it's still impossible. fresh, though. I remember um, Steve Perkins told me that. <laughs> really? I told the whole crowd that. Oh, but yeah. man, you didn't have to put it in the second part. You could just left it cool like that. I love the words to this song. Yeah. <laughs> Regatta de Blanc, the title track. This is like uh, a start. They always do this in the middle of another song they play because I think that's where it started. I think they blended it into another, yeah, into one of their other songs. It's like the middle section of can't get or get next to you or whatever. Yeah, and they would break it down. He did that with the crowd with the yo. Yeah, well, hey, bring it up for that when it when it, when it comes in. Bring that bring that up because that um, that was became like his trademark. It did. It became talking. It. it um, there you go. Starting out low. Yeah. You gotta leave room. It's like the seven dwarfs here. Stinky uh, stink control oh. room, man. That's a Freddie Mercury bite though. That's what that's exactly where I was uh, where I was going with this. <laughs> Letting it breathe for a bit because he this is some Mercury territory. And I yeah. And I don't I don't think it, that's on accident either. I think these guys are, are pretty influenced by Queen. Oh. Almost in just the diversity of songs that they've come out with. Yeah. That was a sick feel we just flew by too. Dude, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Stuart Copeland is all over this uh, this album. In a great way. He sounds awesome. Yeah. Oh. Fucking ride that note. It's just a fun little jaunty tune. Yeah, it doesn't really go anywhere. It just builds an intensity, gets the crowd in there. But yeah, I mean that that would make an probably that's not the first appearance of the Yayos because they would come back through his career like he some he would just drop one. <laughs> yeah. Because he's like, oh fuck, I'm Sting. I forgot I got a drug up. I got to drop a Yayo in this yeah. song. <laughs> Do you think this band ever did any Yayo? Oh yeah. Yeah. Yo, <laughs> yeah, yo. I don't know where they where they were they into drugs. They seem like they liked partying, but but they also um, it was the seventies and eighties, man. It just was like I think that was some baseline yeah. shit. Like you just did a bump, everyone. I mean, they might probably weren't cokeheads and had problems. Yeah, it didn't seem like they had problems. But uh, I mean, that shit was just going around. What are you gonna do? <laughs> it was. You know, I don't blame anybody. It was a different time. They thought it was <laughs> yeah, good yeah. for you. Yeah, I didn't know. Shit. Tom Belushi used to sprinkle it on his cornflakes. I heard that. That's what got him. Yeah. It was actually the whole milk. <laughs> it's all right for you. Sting and Copeland yeah. Col- collab. So are they getting... um? Are they, are they going 33, 33, 33 repeating uh, no. percent? No, man. Who's getting what in this band? I don't know what the split is, but they, the songwriting credits are written up very precisely. Yeah. Um, message in a bottle is Sting's. Although, 
Legend has it that's Andy Summers' guitar riff. How does that work? I don't know. I don't uh, know if Stink's capable of coming up with that or. Anyway, you see yeah. the holes in this logic. But anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that last one was a was a group effort by all three of them. Nice. Good. And, and he wrote the yayo part. Yeah. Or does he get? Does he still get like the lyrical split on that song <laughs> yeah, just because yeah. he came up with the yayos? Like, fuck you. That's some bullshit. Fuck you. You get one. Yeah. You, get, you get it once, <laughs> Gordon. Uh, but this one is a Sting Copeland collaboration. Well, you, you, oh shit. Go ahead. Sorry, jump the gun. This album was mostly written in studio. Yeah, and, yeah. They kind of showed up with like eh, not much. Yeah. What do you think about this? And so I, I imagine Sting's like. I got I got a whole story about being lonely and being comforted that everybody's lonely, and uh, also it's uh, I think there's a, a mythological creature in there, and they're like, nah, not on this one, save it, save it, buddy, don't put it in yet. And he's like, okay, fine, all right, just an island, tropical island. And they're like, that's good. Okay. <laughs> this sounds like the first album kind of stuff. It's fun. Yeah. It's a nice change. <laughs> Living in the wild, wild west. I, think so, dude. <laughs> I can't believe I got that written down. The escape club. <laughs> escape yeah. club. That's what 47 heartbeat. Living in the backseat. <laughs> Northeast, west, south. Paper for people. Johnny's in the basement. Think about the government. <laughs> I'm on the pavement. Yeah. This is straight. This is straightforward police. You yeah. know, this is. They're talking to their first album right here. Talking to some of their straightforward. Uh, four in the floor roots with some neat prog changes, you know. <laughs> um, but it, I don't think the song holds up. Really, I, I think the second and third song for a choice on this album I, aren't really that great. But there's such quality music on this album; it's undeniable. Yeah, well, this sounds like something they probably would have left off the first album because it sounds too much like "Can't Get Next to You." Yeah, yeah. Or it's good get, call. I keep calling it that Beatles song, "Can't Get Next to You." But it's the other. That's fine. Close to you, and that's the Carpenters. What the all fuck I is that? Get, all I want to do is to get over to you. <laughs> all I want to see is us more together. That's how the shit. We'll do that album next. Don't you? Aren't you just a little bit aware sometimes that Sting put puts the puts it on? Oh, he, he's a putter on her, man. Yeah. <laughs> he <laughs> never met some on. He didn't want to put. <laughs> you kind of enjoy it because he does it artistically, mm-hmm. but you just <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, yo. <laughs> That's a very rare Andy Summer slide solo, though. Yeah, that's worth the price of admission right there. JFK, blown away. What What else do I have have to say? say? I mean, it's not the most (laughs) imaginative melody that he'd come up with, but yeah, what are you gonna do? I mean, it's all right. Yeah, you. It's, it's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they put it right there. It's all right. They just, just called the song. It's all right. Just leave it up to Stig to ironically write a mediocre song <laughs> dissing somebody. <laughs> just, like, you don't even get my best song. For uh, no. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. going to write a song. It's going to be on my album. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not even my best song. You're fucking not spending that time on you. Honestly, I'm probably going to stop thinking about you after I'm done writing. That's why it's only all right for you. That's some. That's my Andy Summer shit right there, though. That clean tone he always fucked with. Yeah. A lot of chorus on it. Reverb. Yeah. Very icy. 
Yeah, that's a good, that's like good way that. to put it. Always like that, Andy Summers. Got, I saw him at the Crocodile doing another trio that didn't have vocals or anything, so it was all instrumental, but it was Pino Palladino on the bass. And I don't remember someone on the drums, which is a shame because I'm sure he was a beast because Pino's a beast. Anyway, and they, yeah. Yeah. They did message. The only police song he did was they did message in a bottle instrumental. Yuck. Yeah. Again. Oh, he's a, he, yeah. Unsung guitar hero of the '80s. He just had the unfortunate timing to be coming out at the same time as like hair metal and shredder. You know, double tapping motherfuckers. But he was every bit as sick of a guitar player as the rest of those guys. Yeah, for sure. I and I think he was, you know, um, really appreciated in the circles. Those who know. Yeah, those they who knew. Know. Yeah. Like I knew. I didn't know then, but I, I, I know now, which makes me feel like I knew then. Yeah, you knew. You might have been a little too articulated, but you knew. I remember him on the Dennis Miller show. Oh, what? Dennis Miller uh, had a talk show for a little while, mm-hmm. and Andy was... HBO or some shit? I don't think so. Oh. Yeah. And he was the, the band leader. It was what? Around. Yeah. You didn't know that? I did not know, you that. know that. shit? Andy Summers. Yeah. Get the fuck out of yeah. here. Fucking band litter. Wow. Litter. <laughs> band litter for <laughs> Dennis Miller. Hey, babe. Hey, cha-cha. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the only impersonation you could do of Dennis Miller is Dana Carvey, <laughs> Dana Carvey <laughs> doing Dennis Miller. That's, that's how I started fucking around seriously with impersonations was, yeah, I say seriously. Like, <laughs> like just... <laughs> Saying games on this just my life! Just how, does, how does Dana Carvey do it? It's, it's so infectious, you can't not do it that way. Yeah. This song, you want to talk about... I really feel like I'm letting you behind the curtains on this episode. You are. Jared. We're taking a peek. You want to talk about uh, Sting being quasi... Uh, what's the word? Pretentious? I, I guess do. this song is about Pontius Pilate. Oh, again! <laughs> did we read the same? Did we read the same Wikipedia, Jared? We, we might have, we just might have. Yeah, because um, I, I gotta tell you, maybe I'm gonna pull up the lyrics on this one so that I can see. I never would have put that together. Okay, so this is, this is "Bring on the Night." Yeah, which I like this song a lot. So originally, based off of a Ted Hughes poem, "King of Carry On," and then uh, he just kind of retooled it. To make it a little more like Pontius, Pontius Pilate. Pilate, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> betraying, betraying people. It's like, it's about betrayal. But it lives forever. <laughs> lives forever! All right, here we go then. I know they did use this for a beer commercial one time. But, yeah. I mean, it's solid. It's good beer commercial. Just music. like the world, singing. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, you hear it. While you walked over, who came first? You're putting some air in that bass drum. Yeah, that's in the next room. Why don't I record this into... It's like guitar, though. It's Dude, kind what of crazy. is guitar doing everywhere? It's crazy. There's like two guys that do that. Him and like Johnny Marr. Good call. That are like of that... Kind of birds of a feather like that. Yeah. At any point, they can just put... They can make notes everywhere. Make they, do what they, they do what they Jared. want. I think the term you're looking for is soundscape. <laughs> and he, yeah, that was a nice great chorus. 
Who's backing him up? Uh, oh, it's that's Stu. Nice job, yep. Stu. Stu does the backgrounds on this one. Is he just talking about Sparta? <laughs> Wait a minute, I got the... Question, the future is a question mark. Yeah. Hangs over my head there in the dark. I don't. He could have told me the shit was about uh, the last three Star Wars movies that I believe. Who, who could tell you yeah. anything different? This makes no sense. No, he's, he's poetic, dude. He just he wants it to be nighttime. That's what I took out of it. Well, he he's was, ready to party. That's I thought the yeah. song was about getting ready to party. That's that's what I was feeling too. Hence the beer commercial. Like, come on, let's do it. Like, like, kind of like an Elton John's got a you know Saturday nights all right for fighting kind of party. Saturday nights all right for you, you know. Yeah, because everybody's trying to fight Elton John. Unfortunately, <laughs> <laughs> it's rough out there. It's rough in the streets. Yeah, I just thought the song was about partying, and it probably is. And Sting is just too uh, self-involved to admit that he just wanted to party. Yeah. Let Andy Summer use the fucking feedback nice right there though. Just let it linger. This song is just it's got a great line to it. Ridiculous. Yeah. The layering's really nice. I love this. This this it's like um not a mournful uh but when, when you um a longing. There's yeah, a, yeah. a little bit of longing to it, you know? It never gets cluttered in three Bs. No. No, you can get away with this kind of shit. This kind of shit. <laughs> do you know what? Do you know what a, a working title for this album was? This, some kind of shit. This kind of shit. No, Insano Poblano. <laughs> Isn't that like the spiciest wings you can get at, yep. at, at, at Buffalo? Yep, Insano Poblano. You can get them, and it's because the guy who started Wing Dome heard uh, the early demos. To yeah, he's he older the dude. Legs. Yeah. They wanted to, they, before Insano Poblano, they wanted um, Shimani Tutanka. <laughs> uh, then another, another one was, uh, you want a ciabatta? That was because Sting was, he's surprisingly yeah, yeah. enough into carbs. Yeah. And uh, Guillermo del Toro, it was a working title for a while. Uh, I think, and then, then Stuart, Stuart's like, I don't know, that's, I, don't, I don't know about that. I think we should go with Rigatoni Hamboni. Because he's got a little Italian, because he's the American dude. Yeah, yeah. But Andy is too, right? No, nope, just Stu. Is to, Andy, you didn't let me finish the analogy. <laughs> Andy is to Sting as Stewart is to America. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. And then, yeah, they also, I think they wanted Chachi Loves Joni as well. And that's what started the whole franchise. <laughs> but they went with Regatta de Blanc. <laughs> de Blanc. They had a real theme going there for a while, you know, the Zenyatta, Mandata. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got it, you betchas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What's the first one? Dude, uh, do you think oh, Outlandos the Amor. That's why the yeah. Caramel del Toro one got me so good. <laughs> Dude, I mean, were they all behind? Were they all behind it? And now I think this band, as a collective, has a pretty good sense of humor. Oh, uh, yeah. They're cheeky. They're yeah. Cheeky boys. Yeah, they're cheeky. <laughs> they're cheeky don't, don't sleep on a cheeky boy, man. <laughs> I, <laughs> I thought that was... <laughs> Which is, which is why Elton John got beat up in the streets. <laughs> if I could said that out loud. <laughs> Are you sleeping on Cheeky Boy? Oi! <sighs> Get him. <laughs> this one. Yeah. I'm going to go out on a limb and say this is, this is about uh, a Charles Bronson movie. Which, which, which song is this? Death Wish. 
yeah. This is a three-way splitter on this one. This is they all compo- they all they all compose this one. Let's come with them hi hats again. Oh yeah, Don Henley right. taking notes. Doing a Bo Diddley on the bass. Yeah. A little I want candy comes from this. Yeah. Yeah, you, did Bo Diddley come up with this kind of uh, it's, a tr- it's attributed to him that, that little that little Same beat. Frame. That's that's Bo Diddley beat. If he invented it or he made it he made it fly the first yeah. time. Either way, that's pretty great to have a beat named after you. Yeah, for sure. This, I feel like I should be playing a video game right now. It's kind of like... <laughs> Pole position. Yeah. <laughs> it's just kind of thin like that. It's not real lush or anything. It's, it's not even that cool, really. No, I'm not a big fan of it because it's. Uh, it feels... It feels like a real pared down... But not with as much character as their pared down like punk approach to songs. Yeah. songs. You know, this is it's that beat, dude. Is it's totally infectious. So much so you need to do it once, yeah. and it fucking lasts for three minutes. And then, ooh, wow, oh, I'm, am I leveling up? Oh, I jump, yeah. jump, yes. jump, <laughs> jump. You're playing Donkey Kong. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it just doesn't do a ton for me on this song, I gotta say. Nah. And it kind of makes sense that they all came up with it together. This feels like it started <laughs> as an idea in a studio. Somebody, one of them had a great idea and the other two ruined it. We recording on that! <laughs> God damn, I don't have a sting at all. <laughs> Jesus. That was the queen calling. Are they still playing? This was recorded. It's <laughs> Segway. This was recorded at Surrey Sound Studios. Oh. Nigel Studio. Oh, that's his place? Yeah. And that's Nig- Nigel's place? He did their first album, did their second album. I think he did their third album. You want to talk Regatta a little bit about Regatta de Bologna? <laughs> Regatta and... Regatta, your mama? <laughs> it's about chubby legs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so fucking... Um, he had his own studio that was uh, above a dairy. <laughs> yeah like he you know he started out he started out um kind of uh on the bottom built his way up mostly with these guys uh or at least uh, i'm trying to segue while i look at some more information well they came they came up t- together that's what they're both up and comers yeah yeah join teams that's a great way to do it anyway yeah and and this is something they said about him uh when he died in july of 2016 oh shit um should I do it a sting? Nigel Gray! <laughs> um, Nigel Gray recorded the first three police albums. The first two in his converted studio above a dairy in Leatherhead in Surrey. Nigel was a qualified medical doctor who followed his passion into music and was able to use his kindly bedside manner to coax three extraordinary successful records from a band operating at the time on the tiniest of shoestring budgets. We simply could not have done it without him, and that's the truth. He got that medical grade cocaine. Oh, the clean, He's clean. A doctor. The true, true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do another take. <laughs> All right, that one's going. That one's going to stick around. I think the yeah. sting is here to stay. <laughs> <Yeah>. oh. <laughs> it's going to be tough. All over that. Oh, 
Is that song still playing? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, that's. I wandered away from it because it's kind of boring. It's nobody's favorite song, yeah. dude. Nobody cares about that song so much. Um, you know, if if someone says that uh, that's their favorite song from the Police, you just go, "You're an asshole." <laughs> <laughs> no, Gotta be. No, I mean, it's not. No, no, you're being contrarian right now. Yeah. Song to, it's, it's damn good for this album that uh, the next. Oh wait a minute. That's that's side A, Chris. Oh, yeah. That is side A. Vinyl listeners, get up, stretch your legs. You're gonna get a embolism. Uh, turn your record <laughs> over, dude. By the way, when I'm flying, I get Jimmy leg in the right leg. Often. Really? I sometimes I got to get up and stretch. You got to because uh, R.I.P. John Singleton, man. That's like, is that how we went? Yeah, he had a bad stroke after a like a transatlantic flight. Dude, I do it. Coming you back got to. on my last flight, I'm fucking. Arkansas or Chicago to to Seattle. I went to the bathroom twice. Fucking stretch out my right hammy. <laughs> yeah, and that's the truth. Huh? Put my leg right up on there, dude. I get. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. yeah. I <laughs> plain bathroom yoga. I bought my iPad both times. <laughs> <laughs> Headphones, iPad. I gotta go stretch in the bathroom. You're now. jerking off. That's code. You no. went in there with your iPad. Your no, headphones. the only reason I I, I don't do that is because I know. That, well, there's a couple of reasons. God can see you when you're in the air. You're a little bit cl- a little more focused. When you're over the clouds, he can see better. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. One, that's true, obviously. <laughs> I think there's a camera behind that window. Because oh, why guaranteed. wouldn't you? Gotta be. Guaranteed. And I don't want that to turn me on more. I don't want to see that part <laughs> of my nature. You start making a performance out of it. <laughs> start kind of just doing some hither stairs. Like drawing backwards notes and shit. Check this out. Copper. Yeah. <laughs> Run your phone over on the mirror and backwards. <laughs> just, just like put a target on the mirror and yeah. just fucking call it. No, just I'm, like, I'm totally where, excited to be in a drug-induced coma next to you for four hours. Now it doesn't worry me one bit. It's also best that um you're on the window because yeah. if I'm on the aisle, I can get up. Let me tell you this, Jared. I'm sorry to to bust in with another flight story, but I was in the very last seat on the left-hand side of the plane, mm. next to the bathroom on my flight That's across. That's a bad spot. Do you know how much dick I got on my shoulder? <laughs> I can't believe that people are, are so not body conscious yeah. that they'll just drag their cock right across your fucking shoulder yep. and not even know it. Or they fucking know it. And, I think, I think yeah. there's two people that knew it. Yeah, and you liked it too. No, I didn't. <laughs> I didn't. And I didn't like the butts or the or the dick. Butts or nuts, even one way. That seat, that's one of the worst seats on the plane. Oh, plus those that's the people that die first when they crash. You want to be right over the wing. By the way, that's the safest spot. I kind of feel that's the best spark. Spark. That's the best spark. Sport. <laughs> that's where you need to be. I think we. I always get tickets over the wing. Okay, is that where we're at? Yeah, we're gonna be all right. Okay, good. Good. Know <laughs> <Notice>. this. <laughs> Oh, uh, Chris, can I do the top 10 Please. albums of October 2nd, 1979? Oh, the 70s. Oh. Oh. Time of our youths, our very young infancies. Yeah. Pre-kindergarten for everybody. What do you got, dude? Well, first of all, I want to tell you, this is Stuart Copeland's favorite police album. Did you know that? I did know that. Yeah. He feels his drum performance he is thought, excellent on he it. He thought Death Wish was the best song. No way. <laughs> No way. <laughs> but on the Billboard Top 200 albums chart, the uh, number 10 is First Under the Wire. 
by the Little River Band. Mm. Not familiar with their work? Um, <laughs> Not so much, but you know. But congrats, you got a top 10 record. Good on you. Uh, number nine, though, is Russ Never Sleeps by Neil Young. With the hey, hey, my, my. Solid. Yeah. Solid. That's a good album. I saw Neil Young pop up on some of these lists here. That's 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 like a top 10 single. I didn't realize that that song was that hot when it came out. I thought it was one of those retroactive classic rock jams. I did too. Yeah, yeah, I did too. Shit was popping off for real in 1979. Number eight, Head Games by Foreigner. Yeah. And now, how could it not be, dude? That that's Yeah, but here's the thing about Foreigner. Are they Canadian or something? What's it? No, they're fucking from Peru. <laughs> I just never understood. Are they British? Are they American? They're like, I, I don't know. American. I don't know where they, they came. I don't know what any of them look like. I don't know anyone who's ever seen them live. Yeah. Like, I kind of think. <laughs> we made them up. Like a, yeah. <laughs> it's like the Berenstein Bears being spelled yep. wrong. Yeah, yeah, totally. Foreigner was yeah, never yeah. a band. Yeah. I think that's called the medulla effect. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I had to pee there. Um, the medulla. Yeah, I do. I, got, I have no concept of foreigner. I don't, yeah, I also don't know what they're. I know the songs, is, dude. You know, like Double Vision and uh, Yeah, uh, uh, Want to Know What Love Is. And they had some hits. Fuck yeah! But I, I know that on. Um, I know nothing. Aquatine Hunger Force. Carl loves foreigner. Uh, yeah, I know John Bono's kid ended up playing drums for him. That's all I know about foreigner. Yeah, which makes you kind of think maybe they're British. Oh, good point. Yeah. And they're foreigners. <laughs> yeah. They called it. They're not from around <laughs> here. Yeah. Uh, that was number eight, though. Number seven, Risqué by Chic. Al Rogers, producer of Like a Virgin, hitting the charts. Number seven. Number six, Breakfast in America, Super Tramp. That's... That's uh, and that's the <laughs> what's the song? Don't you look at my girlfriend? That's that album, right? She's the only one I got. Yeah, and the take the long way home, oh. and like I honestly can't stand Supertramp. I, I oh, dude, those two songs drive me nuts. I'm, I'm almost having a problem. That's among like she's got the Jack by ACDC. Oh, terrible song. Fucking just, just horrible. You know what? Fucking. The police didn't hit that, but they 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 saw that territory, and I think they turned. Steer I think they clear. turned tail and run. Don't go the super tramp route. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Someone can email me and tell me the, the one good super tramp song. But good luck. Uh, oh, number five though. It's very near and dear to my heart. My first album I ever had, Off the Wall, Michael Jackson. Yeah. You don't think of uh, I know Michael Jackson started making music when he was like seven. Yeah. And then didn't stop basically till he almost died. Right. But you don't think uh, the, um, the 1979 solo Michael Jackson stuff. Yeah. He's a grown-ass man. Yeah. Not yet a woman. Right. Like that Britney Spears song. Yeah. I'm a grown-ass man. That skin disease didn't, didn't uh, grab hold of him yet. Yeah. Didn't make him have to bleach. So, that's number five. <laughs> number four, Midnight Magic by the Commodores. I don't know... What specifically is on that album? But if it's 1979 and the Commodores, you got to respect the Commodores. People, babies got made to that. Yeah, they, they, dude, those are fuck. I mean, it's a commonality between the Police and the Commodores, baby making music, they fuck. Oh. No, the members. Oh, each the other? Mem- <laughs> no. Well, they probably <laughs> fucked each other over. But 
No, the members. They had those. They had big members. Probably got a big English dick. Well, he's, yeah. got, he's got big dick energy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I knew Stuart that. Stuart Copeland from... definitely has it. Has a, oh, he's a, built a like hammer. He's, he's built like that. You yeah, know the yeah. guys that are lanky like yeah, that. They got yeah. the lanky. They got the lanky danky man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, he does have the lanky danky dude. That guy's got a fucking tool. Yeah, <laughs> and that's why. He could go fucking chest to chest with Sting. He got like a just, gaunt face. That means you got a long dick. Every time. You are 100% right, my friend. <laughs> what is it with that? I don't know, dude. You've you never seen like a gaunt right. dude with a yeah, just, yeah. A, a, <laughs> just a fucking... Just a Twizzler, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no. Always, the math doesn't line just, up. Yeah, I don't know. Something about a long femur and a long something. jaw. <laughs> So congratulations to yeah, you, yeah. Stu. I kind of think Dave Grohl's probably got a fucking piece too. It remains to be seen. I know, oh, and that's because he has it. You never saw Stuart Copeland's dick, but you know it was there. Yeah, I think Dave Grohl's got big dick energy. He's swinging it. I think so. All right, I think so. Let it be known. Yeah, yeah. Chris says. <laughs> yeah. Put that on Alternative Nation to make the worst <laughs> headlines, and I click on them every once, maybe once in ten times. They they'll get me, and it's always some bullshit. It'll be like Dave Grohl makes revelation about dick size, and you're like, what? what? And then you scroll through, and it's a total clickbait what bullshit. What cookies do you have running through your cash? Don't you want to know? Clear your cash. Are you getting London calling on this one? No, I got London calling on my list. It's an NME list, and I don't okay, know what see, that stands for. Okay, see, but this is uh, that's the New Music Express. All right, it's another. It's like their Billboard magazine, but it's British. They loved them over there. Well, that's what I'm saying here. Yeah, we got. Uh, where are you at? That's your the number? other side of the pond. Uh, no, I'm at number three. You're at number three. All yeah. right, go ahead. And it's a stunner, man. Bob, Joy Division. Bob Dylan, Slow Train Coming, his Christian album, Jeez. number three. That's how large Bob Dylan was. He could sing about Jesus and make number three. Try that one, Sting. Yeah. This is a great trivia question. I wish I knew the answer to it. Has he ever ever done a Christmas album? I imagine. It would be like lutes and lyres involved. (laughs) Has he he ever referenced Jesus in his music? I mean, we got Pontius Pilate as oh, an yeah, inspiration. Oh, yeah, right away. Right away. That's one degree you know, of separation. You know he has Hemingway as an inspiration somewhere in there. Fucking... Nietzsche. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Odysseus. He's got, he's, yeah. got the, he's got the Odyssey. You said Joy Division was on the NME chart? Yeah, man. Joy Division Unknown is pleasures. number three. Unknown Pleasures. Yeah. And number two is Public Image Limited. <laughs> I really thought you were going to say public enemy. <laughs> <laughs> they were huge in London. Uh, I, uh, the, uh, the PIL, man. I, I don't know about that. I don't know about them. Uh, Do you, you want to know I, something? I don't, really, yeah, I don't really fuck with them. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm fine with that. I went by, rode, rode a bike, a line bike by Hammersmith Odeon. Okay. Are you ready for the Def Jam tour? Oh, is it? oh shit. Public enemy is yes. on tour in Europe right now. Oh, are they? Yeah. You just making that shit up? No, they are. Dude, well, I think we're living the same existence. We're finding the same research and and, and whatever. Yeah. Good to know you, brother. <laughs> Let's um, get to Europe real quick. But yeah, you know, Hammersmith Odeon, are you ready for the Def Jam tour? Yeah. Let me hear you make some noise <laughs> with BB concert and BB. Ready for public enemy, you cunts. Yeah, it was cool. I was like, that's where it happened. All right, whatever, dude. Talking Heads is number one on my list. What do you got? The uh, the knack with get the knack at number two. 
in the in the U.S. My Sharona was on that. Yeah, yeah. I saw My Sharona uh, pop up pretty uh, pop up there too. And number one is Led Zeppelin in through the outdoor. Hmm. Yeah, okay. which I think that was like uh, it's like Fool in the Rain or some shit, right? I think that's I think that's the era yeah. we're dealing with. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which is crazy that the police. You don't think of the police and Zeppelin having albums out at the same time. Dude, I got no. You don't. It's like when you first learned that I, Sabbath and the Beatles were putting out albums at the same time. I don't think that's true. That's very true. I don't know about that. We're going to have to look into that. I don't, I don't blow think your mind. You're not ready to blow my mind. I, I saw, you know, Jared, sorry, that was a defense <laughs> mechanism. You blew it a little bit right there. I don't know how to pull it back except for <laughs> fucking Gloria Gaynor Double had down. I Will Survive around that time. Oh, shit. Disco was hot Fuck in 79. Bee Gees are throwing tragedy and they're tragedy! throwing too much heaven and let me tell you like george michael uh you know just has some real club bangers yeah. fucking tragedy club banger dude <laughs> oh yeah they were they made that transition to disco smooth dude those guys they just became that's a good, that was just a good band dude. motherfuck the jonas brothers yeah man that Got a need award. Glad I was on the earth. My bell and shit. Yeah. At the same time as the Bee Gees. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you, dude. Wow. Got your so that's the off. charts. Yeah. That's all I really want to say about that. That's that's an all right top ten. It's not, it's not the best top ten I ever read. I think what we're what we're showing is there was a lot of action going on in 1979. I'm just mad that I don't know who the Little River Band is. Sure. If if I if I sang some stuff for you, you'd probably know it. All right, do it. I'm gonna do a little fishing by the river, the little river. Oh, that one. My mom used to sing that one to me. Yeah, actually. yeah. Fuck, dude. Didn't know she was a fan. Why am I lying? You want to get in the second half of this album? Yeah. What do we start off with? Walking on the moon. Talk about a banger. Maybe not a club banger, but it's a fucking banger. I mean, as far as like subject matter and sound of a song, it, this song sounds like you're on the moon. Yeah. Guitars just Dude, echo that, off that, into space. That, that chorus on guitar or something? The chorus and echo so clean. just. Clean. Yeah. That fucking reverb on a snare clack. Clack it and clack! And just that voice once again, just hitting the stratosphere. So, you think the producer, you think Nigel was like, all right, Sting, you coming in a little hot with that. That's <laughs> <laughs> his move. But it came out right around this time. Yeah. You know, he's starting, and that's to, not, he's starting to explore the, the mic space. There's no auto-tune on that. Zamoon. <laughs> oh, some sick uh, hi-hats again. Yeah. There's a, there's a healthy amount of reverb on all of the drum set. For and sure. it works. It totally works. It's got room to. Yeah. Was, I remember seeing pictures of Stuart Copeland after recording where he had just like duct tape taped all over his fingers. Because mm-hmm. they had been playing so much. This album recorded in four weeks. Yeah. So they're just cranking. Probably in between tours of some sort. Yeah. To say bloody and fingers. Yeah, bloody fingers and stuff. That shit does happen. 
You know, a lot of people don't talk about that with the drummers, <laughs> but you get, oh, you get say, bloody fingers. Hella bloody get, snares. You know? Between you and my brother, you guys would bloody yourselves up at shows. Shit happens back there, dude. I love this chorus, though. This smooth See, I'm song, just, man. Just bobbing in my chair over here yeah. uncontrollably. This is the Regatta de Blanc they're speaking of, that white reggae. Yeah. They like their reggae a lot more in the UK than, than we do it over here. I think that's why it took us a minute to catch on to this. Reggae was a little more at the forefront of like pop yeah, in, I th- in the UK. I think they appreciated it more. I think they gave it more validity. Yeah. So I had the, uh, the, the first ska wave coming off of like that branch of reggae or ska is reggae a branch of ska or ska branch of reggae how's that work <laughs> is a square a rectangle or is a rectangle not a square uh, yeah they had to tell us the blues were cool and they had to tell us reggae was cool you know is it is it a little bit weird to make a parallel between beastie boys and the police right now <laughs> there was three of them you're kind of reaching into it and and aptly doing an art form that they wouldn't ethnically be uh, noticed. I see. Cultural appropriation. Yeah, totally. Um, <laughs> I mean, as far as, you know, if you're an asshole and you want to call that now, but it's a great spot. I don't spot believe in, in that. I think, I think music is is for everybody. Yeah, yeah. These guys, they're not, they're not doing it ironically, and they're not doing it um, as uh, like on the nose or anything. Yeah, a, yeah. yeah. They it, it fucking nail it. Yeah. Everybody stands on the shoulders of the whatever they came up listening to. And this ending, with when he starts yelling out, I mean, that's Bob Marley yelling out to the ancestors as far as, <laughs> hey, oh, yo, yo. Oh, yeah, that's like uh, like them crazy ball heads or something. Fuck, man. <laughs> Buffalo Soldier and shit. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, yo, yo, yo. Oh, see? Yeah, man. Yeah. Wow. It it's crazy. They got an appreciation for it. Reggae is hard to do, too, I feel like. I feel like that. Um, you can half-ass rock, but you yeah, got a full commitment. I think it's deceptively really difficult to play reggae. Especially for three cheeky boys. Not for these guys. That's the thing. They're super talented. That's, that's, uh, there, I said it. A lot of yo yo's. He's, he's, he's going to. He's got 30 more seconds of yo yo's. Yeah, he's, he's basking. I think, I, think Stink, I think Stink looks at himself every now and then. It's just like, oh, you're doing good. <laughs> Him and Rosie German, Perez. No. He's German Puerto Rican. Uh, yeah, it's good. <laughs> you're looking good, Sting. <laughs> I do enjoy that song. Um, that was a sting composition. Yeah, you you know, throw that against a message in a bottle. Yeah, they they, they are of the same songs. ilk. Yeah. He came in with those ideas. He didn't just fucking <laughs> throw those out. Those there. weren't like, the half-ass ones. When they when they said, "This is what I feel about Sting too." When they <laughs> get to when, the bottom. When they said, sting. "Shit, we got to do this stuff. We got to let's. We're gonna write this album. We're gonna." Write most of it in studio, and we're gonna. We got about four weeks to nail it. Sting went right to work making songs, <laughs> and I think the other, I think Stewart was probably like, "Yeah, I, I'm, I can play it anything. I'm gonna I'm gonna do my thing, right? You know, I got some ideas, 
Uh, and Sting was like, I want this to go this way. <laughs> now he's getting Asian. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, he takes influences from everywhere. <laughs> everywhere. He's a global citizen. Yeah. We all know that. Sting, I mean, Sting is a citizen of the world. Yeah, yeah. Now, David Bowie with China Girl. Uh, eh, problematic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, Stuart must have Stuart must have ran off and did this one too because this is a straight Stuart Copeland jam right here. I think does does he sing this one? Which uh, where, 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 on where? any other day? Bullshit. Talking about bullshit. What he say? Uh, the other ones are complete bullshit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. cheeky boys, Antonio. <laughs> They would do these though. Yeah, yeah. Like pop wave kind of. Yeah. Or Miss Kredenko. You remember, you know that one? Miss Kredenko, are you safe? <laughs> or the oh, it's the other one. Uh, is that my mother on the phone? And how about how about and when I'm feeling naughty? Yeah. They would. They're cheeky boys. Yeah, they're cheeky. They're this totally is one cheeky. of the cheeky boy tracks. Did you? I. It, this is this part's undeniable though. <laughs> it's silly and it and it's it's them dancing in the studio, having fun mixing, and just like oh, the, those images you saw in the mid '80s of, of the police like yeah, yeah. popping up from behind the recording console, and we're doing our fucking job and we're having fun, and uh, <laughs> and this is what that song feels like to me. They have they they're definitely cheeky boys. Yeah. You know they're talking about talking about the the din of rice krispies, <laughs> the yeah. dinner bowl of rice krispies. Um, I know that's not the lyric, but you know, isn't it? No. Problematic. Well, that's Stewart. Stewart came from a CIA father. Yeah. His dad's in the CIA and they're traveling around the world, landing in, you know, staying in London for a while. Um, he, he's kind of an army brat, but a little bit more. A little, you know, <laughs> a little like, extra. A little extra. Yeah. Like kids, diplomatic kids, CIA kids. I don't even think, I don't even think FBI kids are, are in they this. They're allowed to they, exist. They don't even hang out with those they're dudes. They're living on a farm with Hawkeye's family. Yeah, they're, they're more hicks. You know, but I think the CIA kids and I think the diplomat kids and I also think the, the uh, drug Pablo Escobar kind of kids, they all have a commonality. Yeah. You know? Indulged, privileged. They got government backing. Yeah. Government sanctioned. Syndicate this backing. Song, this song was government sanctioned. <laughs> you know, and so he's like, my mom, he saw his dad getting in an argument or whatever and fucking almost garrot his mom by pulling out a fucking wire from his watch and. <laughs> you know, you've seen some shit. Uh, you got it. Uh, then you got the chipmunks on the end there. Uh, yeah, this. Yeah, then, I can't endorse the, that song. I can't no. say that's. But they always do this where they follow up the kind of stinker with a with the stone jam. There's, I, you know, I think there's some stinkers on this album that you just don't. You're not going to care about. You're not yeah. going to come back around to. This is not one of them. Bed's too big without you. Bed's too big without you. Yeah, man. Did Sting come in right in this one? Oh, let me see. Let me check the uh, tail of the tape. Bed's too big. This is a Sting jam. Give I the had devil a feeling. Is, give the devil his due. Yeah, I had a feeling. Sting is a hell of a songwriter. 
as it turns out. He's a fucking amazing uh, musician, and he can weave a story in a real simple way. I love the way he sings clearly. There's no fucking question why this guy, after the band broke up, just kept going and, you know, turned into the stratosphere. Fucking blew up bigger than the police. And nobody sounds like him. No. I, I can't. I might think of one a week late from now, but it's nothing's coming to mind. Like, who could sound like him? That's a one of a kind kind of voice. Yeah, and I think that's partly why he got away with that Freddie Mercury shit. <laughs> like, he it sounded good. Yeah, it, as clear and simple as it is, it comes across. It sounds good. Kind of makes you want to sing along with him, but you just can't really. You can't hang. <laughs> you no, can't, no, no, no. He's lapping you. Yeah, yeah. He's lapping. <laughs> oh man, I was on yeah. your left. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Every now and then giving you advice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fucking asshole. Because you're good. Sing for your diaphragm. Cunt. Still has a six pack. Oh, eight. Yeah. Yeah, he got a dick root. For <laughs> sure. Like, you know, I didn't want to say it, but I was thinking it. Yeah, I know you were. I see it in your eyes. <laughs> I know. That's the thing about Sting. Dude, he, sees, he sees the reflection the of him box, in your eyes. That's dude. the jukebox musical coming to Broadway next, next year. The, the thing, thing about, about Sting. Sting. The reviews are, it's good. (laughs) (laughs) Let's just, I'm just going to play some music after that. Very hardcore reggae vibes on this one too. All all the really kind of hit songs on here kind of are. You can hear King Tubby doing the intro to this. Like putting a little magic on there. It'd be sick. Oh, the dub mixes on this had to be out of, out of this world. I hope they're dub mixes of this. How sick would that be? There's no Sublime without this song. Nice. That's like it's a, it's halfway, to, halfway to the pawn shop right here. Yeah. They just slow it down. Just add a little way more heroin. <sighs> Police plus heroin equals Sublime. Oh, my God. Jared, How's that equation for that's you? A, <laughs> that is some new math right there, brother. Because he could... Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you nailed it. Yeah, I'm just gonna sit in this room. Yeah, marinate in sick. it. Marinate it like he's marinating in his feelings right here. <laughs> Where is he when he's writing this? Is he sitting at a kitchen table? Is he by? He's obviously by himself. There's nobody in in the house oh, yeah, when he's writing that's this song. Too big. He's, yeah, he he's shuffling around in f- fucking slippers. <laughs> he's, he's, he's wearing her shirt. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Boxers, slippers, her shirt, yeah. and a bathrobe. See, even Sting's not above writing the booty call record, you know? Yeah. But don't you get the feeling? There's a couple feelings you get from Sting <laughs> that I, <laughs> I I get the feeling that he's he's a tough breakup. <laughs> I, th- I don't think he got- <laughs> and uh <laughs> I think he's always kind of fine with the breakup too somewhere in there <laughs> and everybody knows it he knows it you know yeah, yeah. He, he, he can explore this kind of like uh, tonight I felt this I think he writes this song <laughs> after one lonely night yeah. and maybe it's a week after they broke up you know yeah, where he's, he's he's yeah he's getting his pace back he, then he like he writes this, but he actually is one of the rare people 
that because of the writing process gets over it. <laughs> it's cathartic. <laughs> yeah. It like, works oh, and it me, continues on. Let me think. I'm a massive rock star. I have a boner right now. And nobody around to do anything about it, and I'm too—I'm so large. I'm too lazy to beat off. He, he, like he, nobody who who has yeah, the yeah. strength to beat off would write this song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> there's no such thing as the bed being too big. You, oh, no, 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 no. This is—he wrote a moment. Yeah, he, he wrote a moment. Made half of uh, of a recipe of fucking French toast. Went out, <laughs> got some breakfast, and was just killing it by evening. Yeah, he was fine. Yeah, probably bought a car. He just woke up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just fucking. He, he looked at his abs with never doing one crunch. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's not a problem when you get to wake up in bed making like the letter X. Like, yeah, totally. Nobody ever got bummed out about that. The, the song that didn't make the album is, I was stoked to go to sleep tonight. <laughs> I laid in a starfish on my bed. <laughs> First, dude, yeah, I'm calling bullshit on this song right now. <laughs> I'll enjoy the sentiment, but uh, yeah. I'm not buying it, Stingo. But you do, I mean, with, with some of his work in his later career, though, you also do get the feeling that he finger-banged a teenager, <laughs> right, at some point in his life? I mean, he did that song twice. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, 17, technically uh, legal age, but I a, get the feeling that... He was a school teacher yeah. before the police, you know yeah. that? Yeah, and a ditch digger. Yeah. Dude, well, that's a combo. He never wrote a song about a ditch digger trying to get down with an underage girl, but he did write oh, a yeah, song yeah. about a teacher trying to get down with an underage girl that he recorded twice. Yeah. Read the signs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> open, and, open your brown eye. And you, I, I also get the feeling that there was probably some hurt feelings at one point, but they, <laughs> but they both were fine after. You know, they, yeah. like, they both led, led good lives. I don't get Predator from Sting, but I get... <laughs> I get... I get... <laughs> uh, I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't know. And you know what? I've never heard anything <laughs> bad about the man. I mean, you, what, when's the last bullshit you heard about Sting? Exactly. That's what I'm saying, dude. Like, I don't, you know. <laughs> he's probably fine. And that's, that's he's probably, probably fine. He's probably fine. Dude, I think he's a hell of a finger banger. Yeah. I think Sting, being a fucking bass player and a singer. Oh, please. Dude, that's how you make a good finger banger. <laughs> that's how it happens. That's the best. Yeah. That's the best. I would let him... Finger bang me. There, I said it. <laughs> Finally. <laughs> Listen, and I don't want to diminish it. It's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's an intimate act between two people. But uh, I get that feeling. Uh, yeah, he's got big calluses. Bass player. Yeah, but, he, but he knows how, he, he knows how to be know. gentle. This, guy, sure. this guy's got gentle written all over him. You oh see the, just the melodies in that song? <laughs> Incredible. Good at the craft. Good at the craft. Contact. This is another Copeland joint. Um, is he going to suffer in comparison? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Feel that so far, though. One of the, one of the songs where they start out all together. Yeah. Doesn't happen that much. This thing's just holding it out. Dude, this is total prog rock. And I'm, and I'm digging it. Yeah. Pants. <laughs> if your neck isn't doing the. Oh man. I've got contacts in my book and in my eyes. <laughs> my good connection 
There's a, there's a difference in, in rhyming meter between yeah, yeah. what Sting Stewart, writes and Sting. what Stewart likes. Um, I say good on Stewart for this one, though. Yeah. It, it's like a better version of the, of the last song that wasn't that good. I agree. Yeah. Dude, he, I mean, he started, a- after they broke up, he, he scored Rumblefish oh, um, and got into, from there, scoring movies. The guy's, the guy's a musician. Now, I saw him play with Oysterhead. Oh, I think I saw they were in Seattle. might have been the first Oysterhead show of their tour, their first tour. I don't know if they did a second. Um, and it was good. It was Trey and Les and Stuart Copeland. Fucking there's some crazy music going on there with that, with that power trio. It's like a super group power trio. Right. It worked for a little bit. Um I don't know where I was going with that. I don't think he ever finger banged that teenager, <laughs> Stuart Copeland. Probably not. And I think that came out in an argument, and that's why they broke up. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> There's great YouTube videos of Sting and Stuart Copeland fighting. That's all you have to search. Sting and Stuart Copeland fight. And just enjoy. They're they're a little they were cheeky boys, but they're little bitchy boys too. Yeah, it feels like that. They were yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That had to have come to fisticuffs at some point. It's that kind of antagonism that it would be hard to imagine didn't come to fisticuffs at some point. You think because I, I don't see either of them being fighters. I don't think no. either of them enjoying <laughs> it. saying it was a good face. fight. There's a lot of slapping, <laughs> a hair, punches. hair pulling. <laughs> uh, yeah. 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 Head back, arms forward kind uh-huh. of stuff. <laughs> Halfway to limbo, <laughs> and in a weird way, their crotches kept bumping. <laughs> it's like Andy sitting there, like you guys been doing this for five minutes. Fucking, <laughs> we just got here. Yeah, that sounds okay. Yeah, but uh, as far as a trend in powerful music, there's uh, some argumentative nature. That's not rare either. There, I said it again. <laughs> Dropping Jesus. science. Are we almost done with this album? No, it just keeps going. There's another Copeland song, though. Can he string two in a row? Already, we've got a piano entering the picture. I changed my clothes ten times before I told no. you get up, get out of bed. I tried to come yeah. across my head. Yeah. Sting must not have been able to uh, be able to assert himself as much as he would in later albums. I'm not sure if Sting was in the studio when this was recorded. <laughs> Somebody's playing some stand-up bass on there. Yeah. This is, it, I mean, I guess people little, smoked weed in the 80s, too, so, well, you know, whatever. I, you know what? I think here's another approach um, where you can see... Queen being an influence. This has All got right. a this has got a few Queen tells, um, and I don't think any of the I don't think they're hitting any of them. Yeah, you're right. This really wants to be a Queen song. Yeah. It's just so prodding. Come on. Yeah. There's no piano flares at all. You, you, piano in rock and roll is amazing, and only when it's it's done really well. Okay, that doesn't sound like uh, anything important to be able to say. It's a big difference between it's a big difference Christ. between this and Little Richard. 
Wade, Little Richard would play the piano. That's yeah. rock and roll. Yeah, they're, they're, it doesn't need to be there. This could be this could be drum, bass, and those two voices, and it's basically doing the same thing. What's a piano doing other than getting in the way and kind of giving it that old timey, like uh, really corny Paul McCartney <laughs> song yeah. vibe? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it looks a little Penny Lane too. Oh, good call. Penny but Lane. Penny Lane's a good song though. Penny Lane. <laughs> Once again, Penny Lane. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, but you know, nice try. It's all right. They can't all be gold. A little bit of got like old Chicago songs could sound like this too. <laughs> yeah. Take a look at my girlfriend. <laughs> Super Tramp. Yeah. Oh, just there's. Yeah, you know, I mean, they hadn't really found it, themselves Yeah, yet. Sting's just riding the G there. Trying to find their voice. Young young fellas. Two young fellas and one old fella. Yeah. Trying to find their thing. Probably doesn't make the the, the best of collection, you know? No, not even on close, Ranko, dude. Ranko make it stop. That's, <laughs> what, that's what I feel about with that song. Does everyone stare? Yeah, I think they do. did it Chris we made it to the last song on the album my god I thought we had that I thought we had a whole bunch left over how how do you think they're gonna end this one with a sting jam is it a worthy sting jam tell me Fucking swinging, dude. So that drum beat's kind of like Hollywood Nights by Bob Seger, but twice as fast and played live. It's strange, but it's not unpleasant. It feels like this song is a little bit of a harbinger of what they're going to start doing, album three, album four. Where they start getting super proggy with songs like Synchronicity, with parts yeah. one or two. Anytime you got parts one or two, that's a prog Yeah, move. yeah, it, it, for sure. And pulling it off uh, way better than this. Like, this is ha- has those elements, but it's it feels too disjointed. They're not, um, the, the um, vocal track... Those two backings aren't really working that well together. They're kind of competing there. They, st- you're not sure where to be in this song. It's happening it's so chaotic. fast. It's happening in front of you. And it's kind of like watching A on Flux. Like, <laughs> this kind of there's something cool going on here, yeah, yeah. but uh, I don't think I'm. Yeah, it's a blur. It's a blur. It's too fast. Um, I don't think it's the best song that they end the album with. But probably but, in the top half of the album as far as like favorites though. Yeah, yeah. I'll go like, there. I, I put it above the fifty percent line because there were there are a few on here that I could just kinda don't give a shit about or think are actively think are bad songs. This song feels like it was the last song they wrote together. Or the, for, for this album. album. 
and it feels like they're a little bit too jaded with the effects they're putting on all of the instruments because some of these songs had effects and reverb on everything. For sure. And this one's got that, but it's it's too abrasive. It's, um, it's not in that, that nice tone that's easily acceptable to the casual it's not listener. Smooth. It's not smooth. It's not smooth, dude. It's not smooth jazz. It's not like a jawbone growth. <laughs> <laughs> it hasn't been rasped down by some skilled Russian... Pretty sweet, <laughs> but yeah, the flanger is a little much, or whatever yeah, that is. Yeah, yeah, I think all of it's too much. <laughs> See what he, what Stuart Copeland does really well through this whole man. album, which I think is starting to trip them up here, is are are those flams and the tom hits, um, you know, in a slower way, you know, boom boom. You know that little bit of color? Yeah. That little bit of color has less warmth the faster you play it. And it kind of starts tripping over itself unless it's either super clean or everybody else isn't playing a whole ton over it. Yeah. But these guys are motoring. The whole song's motoring. Plus there's doubled vocals. Plus there's uh, two singers who are staggering. Row, row, row. Your boat kind of, you know, jumping in on it. Like a round. And they do that great descending. This is something that the police have vocally that they do really well is that descending scale uh, um, and just kind of pull you back into from hanging above that high tone sting voice back down into the mid tone of the music right. and and then kind of blowing out left and right up and down from there or just staying in that groove. Police do that super well through all of their career. And there's some hitters on that first album that are still your favorite police songs. Yeah. And if you only have one favorite police song, you have you you're, you know you're bullshit because there's so much dynamic, uh, you know, so many dynamics that they're bringing to it. I like this for the reggae. I like this for the prog. I like this for just a storytelling. You know, not even a ballad. They didn't even really get into the ballad stuff. You know, no, not till later. Yeah, for sure. Um, wrapped around your finger is that ballady? Yeah, but even um, then, it's kind of like, uh, like kind of a little bitchy. walking on the it's moon. Like, it's yeah, a little it's kind of bitchy, like it's and atmospheric. Yeah. And, you know, it takes balls to just hit two chimes and be like, "You're gonna remember that." Ding, ding. <laughs> yeah, fucking amazing. He, what everyone thought was his love songs were usually far from it. That's the uh, this one goes out to the one I love, REM yeah, that syndrome. Kind of thing. You know, <laughs> yeah. Get on lyricsgenius.com before I, you make that your wedding song. Just you know, I don't I don't know what the REM second album is, but I think Michael Stipe is a bad breakup too. Oh yeah. I think Sting after a while he's kind of maybe either friends or never talks to those people yeah. again. Yeah, you're gonna make a song. But he he'll encode it. No one else in the world will know except you. And <laughs> he's just yeah, he's like you think his lyrics are like really oblique and shit, but they're really just super specific takedowns of an ex. Yeah. And that only that person knows. And it's the coldest shit ever. Yeah. Cause he's yeah. Michael Stipe. Yeah. And I think that, came, <laughs> I think that came out in some arguments with Stuart and I think it hit home <laughs> to Stuart. And I get the feeling Stuart isn't, uh, articulate enough. He's got some abrasion to him. And so he, he's, he's got that big dick energy where he's just <laughs> undeniable. Yeah. Sick drummer. 
one of my all-time favorite drummers is Stuart Copeland. And I, I think that goes for every drummer ever. Yeah, he's up there. Even if you don't want to play like him, you can't imagine that someone's playing like that. <laughs> you know, John Bonham sat back in the pocket. Mm -hmm. Stuart Copeland pushes it. Yeah, he, yeah. He, it, but he's not speeding up, which is almost impossible. It just makes everything sound like it has momentum, even when they're playing sl like Walking on the Moon. Yeah. Still has momentum. Yeah. He, there's only a few people, or maybe one, who is able to overdub those hi-hats. Like, yeah. it's, it sounds like a cop-out to be like, oh, Stuart Copeland overdubs his hi-hats. When Steve Perkins said that to me personally backstage <laughs> there one you time, go. Um, he didn't mean it as, um, as a downplay to Stuart Copeland's ability. Mm -hmm. He meant it as a celebration of being able to use the studio as an instrument as well. Yeah. Because it's just, it's just as well because they didn't tour shit then anyway. So just all you got is the records in some point, in yeah. some cases. They got so many fans around the world that ne probably never got to see them play. What lives forever? The record. We got to see Overdubbed play. the fucking cymbals, man. Yeah. We, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we did get to see them play. Fucking Jethro Tull. All of, a lot of those drum tracks, right? you know, well, for Locomotive Breath. Okay. It, hmm, what is their second album? Oh, shit. Probably something that's mad pretentious. Dude, are they cut from the same ilk? Oh, His Sting, fucking Ian I, Anderson. Ian Anderson might be Sting's <laughs> biological father. <laughs> um, that how, could be happening. How come they haven't done an album together? They couldn't. Oh, their heads man. couldn't fit in the room. No, because they both would be they, standing on one leg and shit. <laughs> that's how I fuck. <laughs> like two that's how I play. Like two flamingos playing and fucking are the same. It's totally right. Here's a song about fairies and also a sea creature up on a mountain. Fucking. <laughs> That's too much. That's too much. You can't get those two guys in a room. Yeah, yeah. God damn, though. But totally. I mean, as far as you're pulling Sublime. Yeah. That's... Is it as, as, as Sublime as to the police as the police is to Jeff Hotel? <laughs> <laughs> Did we just crack that Da Vinci wow. code? Nailed it. Yeah. How come there Nailed are no it. songs about Da Vinci? It doesn't. It's not a cool rhyming name. He drew a man with four arms. He drew a man <laughs> with four arms. Yeah, nothing really rhymes with Da Vinci. Yeah. See? Nothing. You're <laughs> racking your brain right now. Well, actually, one of their working titles was Da Vinci Little Pinchy. <laughs> And it was, it was about this one time that he finger-banged a boy, which was terrible. But the boy was 18. He was so cheeky. Was, yeah, he was a cheeky boy. Can you cut out all of that? <laughs> Can we just cut out this whole episode? All right, let's uh, fucking... We'll, we'll fucking <laughs> we're going to confer about this, man. We're going to have a conference. We can't let the people know we did this. <laughs> <laughs> we got New York to go to, brother. <laughs> <laughs> they gotta respect our name like Joe Namath you know I remember seeing the fucking last uh, uh, the Cosby Bill Cosby himself and the ending song of that special which is one of the best fucking specials of comedy ever Ooh. is it must have been a good idea at the time <laughs> Prescient. It's the magic of music, y'all. Only Sting could write that kind of irony. That's it for this episode. Yeah, we'll try again on the next episode. Hope you're ready for the next episode. Hey.
smoke weed every day.